You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, it's good to be with you this morning and to worship together. Uh, we've had a great day today, and when Kyle asked us to turn around, I was, I was shocked at how many of you are here. We had a great crowd in first service, and I'm thinking, nobody will be in the service, but look at you. You all showed up, and I'm glad you did. Um, it, it's Mother's Day, too. You always have these stories that you remember that you love to share. Uh, we had a little girl named Jenny in one of our churches. She was in kindergarten, and she was learning to write. And so she wrote her mother a note one day because she became very upset with her mom. And so she writes, Dear Mom. And then she says something that she should have never said to her mother. She said, I hate you. And then she signed it, Love Jenny. So. One little girl comes home from school and says to her mom, her name was Mary, I've got to go back to school tomorrow. It's show and tell and I've got to take something that talks about our religion. And so the mother says, I think I, I, think I have something in mind. I think I know what to do. And so she gets to school the next day and the teacher calls on a little boy named Benjamin. Benjamin, would you stand and would you share something about your religion? And so Benjamin stands and he says, my name is Benjamin, I'm Jewish and this is the Star of David. And the teacher said, Benjamin, that was very good. And the next little boy was Nate, and he stands and he says, My name is Nate, I'm Catholic, and this is a rosary. These are my prayer beads. The teacher said, Nate, that was very good. And so Mary's turn comes around, and Mary stands and says, My name is Mary, I'm Protestant, I'm a Nazarene, and this is a casserole. <laughs> so we just eat when we get together. So I've been reading this phrase in the Bible. And, and it's a phrase that keeps appearing. And I think any time that we see this phrase and then we see it again and we see it again and we see it again and again and again and again, it makes us curious, right? And so here's the phrase. You ready? The Lord was with... And then there's always an object. And so open the Bible to the book of Genesis and I read this story about a guy whose name is Joseph. This fabulous story. His brothers sell him into slavery because they're jealous of him. And you know what the Bible says about Joseph? Here's what the Bible says about Joseph. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. And then his master, where he is sold into slavery, says, and his master recognized that the Lord was with Joseph. And then I read about this guy who succeeds Moses, and his name is Joshua. And you know what the Bible says about Joshua? The Bible says the Lord was with Joshua. I'm just quoting the Bible verbatim here, okay? And then there's a guy whose name is Samuel, this great prophet of Israel. you have any idea what the Bible might say about Samuel? And the Lord was with Samuel. I thought you might have said it in unison with me by that time. And then there's a story about a guy whose name is David. He is the most loved of all of Israel's kings. And you have any idea, any idea in the world about what the Bible might say about David? The Lord was with David. And sometimes it just talks about the whole nation of Israel. And you know what the Bible says about Israel? And the Lord was with Israel. And sometimes their enemies say, we better be careful because their God is with them. So there's this story in Exodus 33 today that I want to share with you. And what happens in the story is this. The Israelites do a very bad thing. 
They turn their back on God and they decide to worship an idol. And so God is very frustrated. And so he says to Moses, you can go to the promised land because I promised that land to you. But I'm not going. I will send an angel to go before you. But I'm afraid if I go with you, I would destroy you even on the way. And listen to me, okay? For the very first time as a nation, for the very first time, they begin to consider a different concept. And here's the concept. The Lord is not with us. That's really bad news. So what if you guys came to church this morning? And it's time for me to preach and I stand up and I say, I've got some really bad news for you. The Lord is not with us any longer. For 104 years, the Lord has been with Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, but not anymore. We really mess up this time, and God said He's not with us any longer. We're on our own now. How would you function? Or what if I stood at the back door this morning, and you're walking out, and I say, Hey, hey, come here, I've got to tell you something. I'm your pastor, you know, I love you. But i got to tell you that God's not with you anymore. He told me. He's not with you anymore. How do you function in life? And so Moses. Moses goes before God and he says, God, if you are not with us, what will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? They're not afraid of us. They're afraid of us because you are with us. We're not doing anything in our own strength. It's your strength that we're relying on. We don't have any power of our own. It's your power. And finally Moses says, if you don't go with us to the promised land, then we don't want to go. I want you to hear the wisdom of Moses, okay? The wisdom of Moses says, if you don't go with me, I can't go. And so I don't know. I don't know where you're going when you leave this morning. So some of you have graduated from high school or college and you're headed to your future, right? Some of your moms and you're going to go care for family and maybe attend to a career or whatever it is you're doing in life. I don't know where you're going, but in a little while the service is going to end. For some of you, it's not going to end quite soon enough. I understand that. But it's going to come to an end before long. And you're going to walk out the doors. I don't know where you're going, but let me tell you to listen to the wisdom of Moses who says, wherever you're going, you can't go without God. You think you can go without Him? Are you up for that? Are you wired for that? Are you built for that? Can you do this on your own? Can you do life without God? And the wisdom of Moses says, I can't do life without God. So let me, let me take you to the story, okay? Exodus 33. You want to grab a Bible and open it up to Exodus chapter 33? And we'll start reading with verse 1, okay? Exodus 33, verse 1. I like this chapter because the first time I really ever preached a sermon, I preached from this chapter. And, and the first kind of real sermon that I ever wrote, it was, it was out of this chapter. 
And so I was really young then. I was 19. I only had one sermon. And, 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 and also only had one suit. And so when somebody would call me to preach, I'd put on my suit and preach my sermon. Life was simple in those days. It was easy. It's become more complicated now. But I love, I love going back to Exodus 33. So here's what the Word of God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place. You and the people you brought up out of Egypt. And go to the land I promised. An oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I will give it to your descendants. But here's the bad news. I will send an angel before you. And I will drive out the Canaanites and Amorites and Hittites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. And so go to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you. Because you are a stiff-necked people. You are stubborn, you're obstinate, you're hard, you're cruel. I might destroy you on the way if I go. And so when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn. And no one put on any ornaments. They're talking about armlets and anklets and bracelets. For the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites... You are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off the ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. And so the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now listen to these words. Moses says to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and I found favor... And you have found favor with me. So if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, Moses says to God, this nation is your people. And so the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And so Moses, and so the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And I love this last line that I'm going to read to you. Then Moses says, I want more. I got a little, but I want more. I've caught a glimpse, but I want more. Show me your glory. So sometimes I preach and it's just, it's a challenge. And and this is one of those challenging days, okay? And so I'm going to sit down for a minute and I'm going to do my best just to look you in the eye. And and I'm going to try hard to, um, to just share with you the essence of what I think God wants me to say to you this morning. Um, There's a guy who attends church here, his name is Tim, and he says to me, when you grow up in that Nazarene church in that small Kentucky town, did you go to church on Wednesday night? And I said, yeah, we went every Wednesday night. And he said, "Did did they ask for testimonies? And I said, oh yeah, they would ask for testimonies. And so maybe you aren't in that that kind of growing up, you didn't grow up like that, but, but our pastor would say, would anybody like to testify? So when I think of testify, I think of court. Would anybody like to witness what they have experienced? Would anybody like to, to share what God has done in their lives? 
So somebody would stand up and they would talk about the fact that God had been good and God had been faithful and God had been kind and He'd been gracious to them. And maybe before they would sit down, they would make some kind of a commitment statement like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Him all of my life. And so Tim says to me, he says, boy, my mom would look at me when the pastor asked for people to do that with this eye of, you better get up because the pastor is asking people to stand up. And he said, my heart would be beating really fast and I'd be nervous. But I had like a couple of things that I could say. And so he said, I remember I would stand up and my heart was really beating and I would say, I love the Lord and I want to go all the way with Him. And then I would sit down. (laughs) What he was really saying was, I can't imagine there ever coming a place in my lifetime that I would think I could do life without God. I can't ever imagine thinking that I want to do life without Him. You know what I remember as a teenager growing up in that church? I remember there were times when I felt really challenged. And here was the deal. I was being tempted. And it was all out sin. Okay, honesty moment, you ready? But it was appealing to me. And I remember thinking to myself, if I make this decision, if I make this choice to go this way, because I knew which way God was going, God was going straight ahead. And if I made this left turn, I was going to decide in my mind that I'm not going to continue to go with Him. And I remember in those moments asking myself, can you do life without God? Are you wired for that? Are you built for that? Can you really jump off this train? Are you really ready to fly solo? Do you really think, Rick, that you can do life without Him? Are you ready to say, I'm not going to go with Him any longer? So here, 35 years later, 35 years later, I'm pastoring a church, and my phone rings on a pretty regular basis. Hey, Pastor Rick, I was wondering if I could talk with you. Sure. And so we meet. And I sit down at a table across from that individual. And and the story is almost always the same. What it boils down to is I thought I could do it without God. And I was wrong. I remember one guy says to me one day, we've had, in the eyes of everybody else, a pretty good life. We've raised our girls and we're proud of them and we've enjoyed our lives pretty well. We've made some good money along the way. First time I ever met the guy on a Sunday morning, standing in the aisle. But I went to the doctor this week. I got a little heart thing going on. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I've been foolish. Never in my life did I make room for God. Pastor Rick, do you think there's any way he might be willing to forgive me?
Can you hear the wisdom of Moses? I don't know where you're going when you walk out those doors today, but wherever you're going, Moses would say, you can't go without him. And so you open your Bible to Genesis 4.16, and you read words like these, and so Cain left the presence of the Lord. How do you do that? How do you leave the presence of the Lord? You remember the group Avalon? They had kind of a hit song a few years ago that said, I don't want to go somewhere if I know that you're not there. Because I know that me without you is a lie. I don't want to go, Moses said. If you are not going, I don't want to go. So let me kind of share the backstory with you, okay? Here's what's going on. Moses climbs Mount Sinai. And while he's on Mount Sinai, God begins to give him some incredible stuff. The Bible says that with God's own finger, get this, I'm not making this up, okay? With God's own finger, he inscribes on two stone tablets the Ten Commandments. And then he begins to give Moses the law. This is what you're to give the people, okay? And so he gives Moses the law. And while he's on the mount, the people begin to say to Aaron, Moses' brother, we don't know when this fellow Moses is coming back. He's been on the mountain a long time. In fact, he may never come back. So why don't you do us a favor, Aaron? Why don't you make us a God that will go before us? And so Aaron says, well, have all of your sons and your daughters and your wives to bring me their earrings, their golden earrings. And they brought them all and they put them in a pile and he burns and melts them all down and he forms into them this calf, this this golden image of a calf. And the people begin to worship this golden calf. In fact, they have this one big day where they have this great ceremony and everybody's worshiping the golden calf. I carry a phone, but I don't own a camera. I don't think. Do we own a camera in that? I don't guess we own a camera anymore, do we? We take all of our pictures on a phone. Can I get a witness in the house? You do the same thing? And what we do as a society is we share our pictures like we've never shared pictures before, right? Because we have social media. And so I was at this conference two weeks ago. I'm not making this up either, I promise. I'm a pastor. I can't, you know, I'm telling you true stuff. But you don't sound like I'm making it up. But these people are giving us data. And you know what they're telling us? They're telling us that the people are becoming more and more depressed because of cameras on phones and social media. It's called fear of missing out. FOMO. I'm not making this up. And the presenter says this. A family goes to the park together and everybody's mad at each other and nobody's getting along. But for at least three seconds of the whole day at the park, everybody's hot, fussing mad. For at least three seconds, mom gets somebody to lean in and smile really big for a picture. Then she puts it on Facebook. And you know what the caption says? The most amazing day in the park with my wonderful family. So blessed. Here's FOMO. You ready? I'm missing out because when I go to the park with my family, we all hate each other. (laughs) And so this guy making this presentation is saying that, that, that counselors' offices are filling up with people because they feel like my life is not full like everybody else's. Had some great conversations after second service about that with people. It was fun. So I wonder if the Israelites had had phones with cameras on them and access to Facebook. If they would have all leaned in, maybe a family, you know, at a time, around the golden calf. Big smile. (laughs) Caption reads, 
Just hanging with my new God, so blessed. No less partial truth than the mother at the park. Because when you, when you forsake God, you know in your heart you've forsaken God, right? And why is all the guilt mingled in? And why are you feeling what you're feeling? How do you know they felt that way? I read it in the Bible. They begin to mourn. They begin to cry. They begin to realize what they had lost because they remembered what it was like when God was with them. He, he would come to them, get this, okay? He would come to them in this pillar of a cloud and it would, it would travel throughout the day and they would just follow the cloud. The cloud went at their pace. Where are you going? God's leading us. It's a cloud. It's Him. He put it in the sky. And all we do is we just follow the cloud. At night it becomes fire. If we want to travel at night, we can. They remembered what it was like to go to battle. And you are losing the war. And then all of a sudden, God pushes up His sleeves and He gets involved and they win the war. And they remembered what it was like to be in His presence. And they find themselves saying, how could we be so foolish to think that we could do life without God. I remember a, a story that I heard a missionary tell a few years ago. And he tells a story about going to this small country in Africa that was very poor. And he ministered in this little country for six weeks. And it was associated with... Uh, the Catholic Church, and he said, uh, although I was Protestant, I was there ministering with them, and they assigned me a priest to be with me all the time. And so he would make sure I knew where I was preaching next and who I was praying for next and where I was going to eat and where I was going to sleep. He took great care of me. And I would tell him from time to time, it's great to be with you. You're so good to me. You're so kind. You take such great care of me. I love you, brother. He said, I noticed he would never say that he loved me. It was a little awkward at times. After six weeks of being together, I remember telling him goodbye. And, and I told him right before I walked away, I want you to know I truly love you. And he smiled, hugged me. I walked away. He must have sensed my frustration because only about three steps away, he calls my name. And I turn and he says, I like you. He said, my response was, well, for six weeks I've told you I love you. I guess I'll be content with I like you. And then he says to me, I love everybody. God commanded me to love. I love people. I've never looked into eyes that I didn't love. I've never seen anybody that I didn't love. I love people. I don't love their sin always, but I love people. But he said, I like you. I like hanging around you. I like the way you pray. I like that. I like the way you preach. I like eating with you. I like spending time. I like walking along. I like you. And then the missionary says to the people he's speaking to, if I ask you if you love God, you would probably say yes. You would probably be afraid to say that you didn't love not to say that you love God. And then he asked what I thought was a really, really good question. 
Do you know him well enough to know if you like him? Do you like him? Do you like going to his house? You like being with his people? You like opening his word? You like talking to him? Do you like God? Do you know him well enough to know if you like him? Let me talk based on that about these next few verses, okay? Um, When I go to the New Testament, I find Jesus saying that one day he will say to some people, I never knew you. We never had relationship. You didn't do the will of the Father. I never knew you. But when I read these words that I read to you this morning, here's what I find Moses saying, rather God saying to Moses. God says to Moses, I know you. We've had relationship. So to some people, Jesus will one day say, I never knew you. We never had relationship. You never did the will of the Father. But to Moses, God says, I know you. And then you know what Moses says to God here? I want to know you. What kind of a God are you? You create this world and you place us in it to enjoy. And then when we really mess everything up, you give your only son to down a cross so that we can know you. I want to know you. Show me your glory. Moses, you can't see my face and live. I'll put you in the rock and I'll put my hand over you. And as I pass by, I'll move my hand and you can kind of just see the afterglow. That's all. I, I, I think this morning I have a sense of who I'm talking to. And I think in some ways you're like Moses. Life doesn't have to be easy. And it wasn't for him. And it doesn't have to be normal or typical. In fact, I think like Moses, you're okay with taking a risk. But there's one element you cannot do without. I was listening to a pastor the other day, and so I emailed him. I said, can you reference that stuff for me? I'd like to read that. And so he sent it to me. And he was talking about a century ago, a hundred years ago, there were these brave band of brothers who decide to die to themselves and give their lives for Christ. And so they become missionaries. You know what they bought? One-way tickets. Places all over the world. You know what they packed their belongings in? What few earthly possessions they took a hundred years ago. You know what they packed their belongings in? Coffins. No intention of coming home. They said goodbye to everybody they knew and everything they loved. They left. One of, one of those people was a man whose name was A.W. Milne. And he went to a part of the world in the South Pacific knowing that everybody who went to where he was going was martyred. They were killed. They died there. But it didn't matter to him because he had already died to himself. He had already packed his coffin. 
They did not kill him. He ministered there for 35 years. And when he died, they buried him in the middle of the village and in the center of the village engraved on his tombstone. It said these words, When he came to us, there was nothing but darkness. When he left, there was nothing but light. And when I tell that story, something stirs up inside of us. Because all of us have something that says, it don't have to be easy. It doesn't have to be safe. It doesn't have to be typical or normal. In fact, I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to do something with my life that would make a difference. But I can't go without God. That's a deal breaker. If you don't go with me, then don't send me. Your presence must go with me. So any any anybody anybody looking at me going I've blown it. A long time ago I convinced myself I could do it without him. You know what I learn about God when I read this story? Here's what I learn. That God is grieved when we sin. It breaks his heart. But I also learn that God is approachable. You can go to him. You know what the third thing I learn about God is? That we can be restored. This is a powerful message of restoration. You know what God says? Okay, I'll go with you. So Kyle, why don't you come up, will you? You guys okay to stand with me for a minute? We'll sing before we go as we always do. But but I would love it if we could pray before we go as well. And so you can pray where you are. In our church, we have these altars. You know what they mean? They don't mean that you're becoming a member of the church or anything like that. It just means that I'm finding a place to pray. That's it. I'm going to pray. And so this morning, if you say, a long time ago, I told God I thought I was going to try it on my own. I jumped off the train. I've been trying to go solo. I don't want to do it anymore. I want God with me. You can just come down and you can get on your knees and you can tell him that. And you know what God's going to say to you? Okay, I'll go with you. If you're going through some tough stuff and you really want to find an altar just to pray and to talk to God about what's going on in your life, you may be going down a pretty tough road. You may want to come with a family member of a friend. You might want to grab somebody's hand and say, would you go pray with me? You're welcome to do that. This is a great place to just feel the presence of Jesus. And sometimes people that love us come and they lay a hand on our shoulder and they pray for us. And when we get up, they put their arms around us and they hug us. It may be that you want to become a Christ follower this morning. You've heard that Jesus can change your life. He talked to Nicodemus about being born again. I'm talking about a new you. 
I'm talking about transforming who you are, making you into a brand new person. You can, you can have that happen to you here today. If you want to be prayed for for physical healing, there'll be pastors here who will pray with you for anything. But if you want to be prayed for for healing, they will anoint you with oil and they will pray for you. And you can just get their attention. There'll be one here and there'll be one standing right over here. So let's sing together. And if you want to pray today, just feel this freedom, this, this sense of freedom. I can go to the altar and pray if I want. Nobody's going to judge me. I can just go and talk to the Father if I want to go talk to the Father. So feel free to come. Let's sing. today and and you're free to leave as you need to go. If you'll leave quietly, that's really important because 
Kyle's just going to sing some more and we're going to worship for a while together. And if you still want to come and pray, you can. Um, in fact, I kind of feel in my spirit today a little bit of uneasiness. It's like maybe others are wanting to come and pray. So as people are walking out, you can just walk down if you like, okay? So God bless you. Hope you have a great day. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.